Welcome to Social Distance Warriors, the podcast which is about the pandemic and various other related topics, discussions, events, and things. My name is Tom, and it is, uh, what, God, what day is it? It's Thursday, January 14th. It's our first episode of 2021. It's the first episode recorded in 2021. Yes. Um, But on this day... January 14th, 2021, I hereby declare and certify that I am not an expert on any topic. (laughs) On this day. All right. Welcome also to Social Distance Warriors. You can call me Rat, and um, I am not an expert on this or any other day (laughs) on the coronavirus or any other sort of current world event that is happening. So you don't anticipate acquiring expertise between now and the time this podcast is released? No. Okay. And that I'm certain on. I hope I don't. <laughs> I don't need any more expertise than I've already got, which is none. Yeah. Uh, how you been? How's how's 2021 going so far? Um, <laughs> In my personal life, I would say a lot of good things happening in the country, in the world, less good. But we can, whichever, there are, I guess, two paths. Do we want to go personal or do we want to go world? I, I say world. I mean, like, U.S. Mm. <laughs> and so as many people in America so often mean when we say <laughs> world news, us. Yeah. I don't know. It feels weird not to begin by talking a little bit about what's happening in the country. Yeah. We're at a, we're at a weird point because it's uh, January 14th, so we're like... Less than a week away from January 20th, which is the inauguration day where Biden will, we hope, be sworn in peacefully. But we are also like a week out from when they were certifying the Electoral College votes and not peaceful. Trump had a lot of support. I mean, it's a whole thing. We're not the, hopefully, the people informing you listeners of this, but Trump gave a speech outside of Capitol Hill as they were about to be certifying the votes. And in that, people, there are many words for it, like invaded, went into, uh, I like, for many, many hours, broke into the Capitol, Trump supporters and white supremacists and many, many more. (laughs) For a period of time. Yeah, it's it's funny because you would think that. Well, it's actually not funny. It's not it's not funny, but it's strange how you think that. Like we could we could also talk about like oh there was an election in Georgia, <laughs> or yeah, we could talk yeah. about the president did a one hour phone call to election officials in Georgia to attempt to coerce them into overturning the election there, and this was leaked to the press. Or um, there are any number of other things that seem like they would be the most important story of any year, but. In this case, I feel like they happened several seasons ago in this television program that we're living through. Yeah. And and not to mention, uh, the other day, Trump was impeached for the second time. Yeah, there's that too. There's that too. He was impeached. There's that too. For, um, I think the, the best way I saw this phrased on Twitter by a Twitter user who I don't remember, but I'll put this tweet in the show notes, is that he seems to be the, the first ever member of the cast of Home Alone 2 to be impeached twice. That's true. We're not experts, but um, we're just going to operate under that assumption that he is so far the only <laughs> cast member of Home Alone 2 be impeached twice. But it is very unlikely that he will be the last. <laughs> you know, um, someday Tim Curry is going to get impeached. I haven't seen that film, but I understand that Tim Curry's in it. I also, I don't actually, I take that back. I'm not, I'm not sure. 
if you put me on a court trial and made me swear and testify whether or not I'd seen Home Alone 2, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But yeah, I do remember feeling sort of right around election, November presidential election, that sort of impending fear of Trump supporter violence because, like, after four years, as he is president, there have been increased acts of hate crimes and, and violence because that's that's where we're at. Um, and, and Trump, you know, as a symptom of other things in, in our society, but, like, as a guy, is not good at... <laughs> defusing any of those tensions and especially not in his supporters Mm, yeah um i remember on on that fateful day of i guess that was january 6th yeah that was wednesday january 6th yeah i had been up really late the previous night and so i was very tired and so at around noon i decided that i was gonna take a little nap on my lunch break from work for about a half an hour and then it turned out to be a three-hour nap um and i woke up very confused having had some very strange dreams and then learned that there had been an insurrection at the nation's capital while I slept. And then I had to, you know, work late that day to make up for the time that I had missed. I thankfully didn't miss any meetings or anything. But uh, but yeah, so that was that was my experience of that day. I didn't sleep through the entire event, but I slept through much of it. Yeah. This week and going forward the, since January 6th, it's frustrating. But I've been, um, you know, as we're like going on however many months of quarantine, m- my dad always has TV news on. And I wonder, like, I don't know exactly what the vibe was. It's hard to go back on January 6th morning because it was like... We know Trump is going to give a speech and we know that the electoral college votes are going to be certified and that different Republicans are going to make, what do they call it, like, objection, I object. And, like, knowing that all of that was coming, but there was sort of, like, I don't know, like a circus atmosphere around it because Trump was going to give a speech at 11 o'clock, but then he wasn't and he gave it at noon and then, you know, things started happening. Um, So I've been trying to put my foot down more in this house where I live with my parents to not have Fox News and the One America News on our living room TV. It's not something that anyone in my house agrees with the views on, Mm. but it is something that my dad feels like he must watch on the living room TV, no matter how I feel about it. But since especially that past week, it's been something I've been trying to put my foot down more on of like I, this is not good for me to see um and i would appreciate not having it on mm. because we live in a world where if you want more news uh it is not hard to find news we have multiple tvs in our house we have computers we have newspapers and it's going to be more and more that like that day you know laws are going to be made around it arrests are going to be made around it like lots and lots coming out from what happened that day and going forward but there's i feel not a lot to be gained in that kind of crisis like to just sort of watch i guess a train wreck watch something unfold you can do nothing about that is going to be actively harmful as you are watching Mm. And that's often by having constant news 
on the television. That's often what it feels like. For me, sometimes I will check out news sources that are completely odious, <laughs> just out of a morbid curiosity as to what they're saying. And that kind of reminds me of something, another major political event that happened <laughs> between the insurrection and the impeachment okay. that we didn't mention, which is that Donald J. Trump no longer has a Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Nor does he have a Facebook account or a Twitch account or a Pinterest account. <laughs> Spotify? Letterboxed as well. And I'm not joking here. He uh, These are all services that have banned him. I don't know if he used them. <laughs> I kind of doubted he, uh, doubt he ever had like a Letterboxed account, which is a site for, yeah. you know, hipster film weirdos. <laughs> but he's off of all of those. And one of the interesting things was while I was watching the coverage of the impeachment, and I don't know why I did this, but I actually watched the impeachment roll call vote in the House which is not an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Um, God, C-SPAN, if I can say my thing on C-SPAN, I always always feel like when I'm watching C-SPAN that it's like while I'm watching is going to be like the time when some major shit goes down and it's going to be like the most exciting C-SPAN. But it's just like I get very upset, but it's like all very little stuff is what I find from C-SPAN. It's so slow. It's it's like going to a graduation ceremony for a sibling where a thousand people's names are going to be called. You only know one of their names. But the difference is that they don't even actually call the names. I would say, like, before pandemic, my dad would do, like, open mic nights. Ooh, and there would be... That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, like, it would be sort of like, you'd never know what you're going to get. So, you know, someone's going to do a poetry reading. Someone's going to do a cover song. Uh, someone's going to do, like, a... It's basically Christian music, but they're not saying it. But they do have a, like, two-minute story in front about how they found their savior. Mm. So it's like, you never know what you're going to get open mic night and that's sort of c-span especially in that situation where it's like all right congress members you all get what was it like a minute say what you want to say right just a minute to like yeah do a talent show and in many cases it's i think it's actually 30 seconds and but they can like bank it and then yield it to someone else like they kept going like with the gentleman from Ohio like like to bank his time and he'd be like yep keep banking him and then like the camp point where he had like seven minutes saved up and he's like okay I yield these seven minutes to some other guy who's now gonna give like an impassioned nonsense speech about whatever anyhow the thing that I kept experiencing during that time was feeling like I wonder what the president is tweeting about this. Yeah. And then realizing that he wasn't tweeting anything. And in a real sense, it feels like he's no longer the president. (laughs) I don't know. It feels like the the thing that we are living through is now in some sense over. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. But it still feels that way to me sometimes. Knowing that there just won't be a real like live response from him. And that if there is a response, then it's a speech that'll happen a few hours later after the fact, after some speechwriters have done some things and put on a teleprompter. It's a it's a very different mode of, of existing in this country with a president. Than, than we've had for the past few years. Yeah, it was it was definitely his signature style, and it caused a lot of harm. It definitely, like, all of the companies making their statements, um, universities do it too. I Like, I don't know what people are like, okay, I have to make a statement. And it really brings me back to Black Lives Matter sort of protests, where also every single corporation would make statements, and Me Too movement, when also a lot of places would make these statements. And it's like, that's nice. <laughs> and in, at least in this instance, it is alike. Somewhat, there is one one move that has been made, because especially the disinformation or, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll call it, <laughs> the, the weaponized sort of ways that 
Trump is able to use like Facebook and and Twitter and those social media to to really rile people up that does do I mean like it's it's late um but at least that does something but it's sort of like this does nothing to Twitter and all of these places have nothing in place to like stop another Trump mm. I know I know there are other Trumps, but I don't mean other, like, I don't mean Eric or Baron. I, I mean, like, <laughs> the symbol, <laughs> yeah, for, from from doing the same things. There's just, yeah. like, nothing. And we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So I guess we could shift a little ways, unless there's more major. Are there more major, like, news events we've missed on the world? Oh, I'm sure there are some incredibly major news <laughs> events that I just don't know about. It, yeah, yeah. So again, I say world, I mean the United States... <laughs> in my limited perspective. Um, But yeah, vaccines are starting to be distributed and everybody gets to do it themselves because there's not a great federal plan. Different health departments are getting shipments. And so like this week on Monday, my dad was in, they had, they had divided, you know, into fun tiers. It's like 1A, 1B, 1C, it goes on. And 1A was like hospital workers and essential people living in nursing homes. And people in Virginia, it was over 75, could start signing up on Monday. So my dad on speakerphone in our dining room from eight o'clock in the morning on Monday to like four in the afternoon on Monday had the phone on trying to call to schedule an appointment for the vaccine at our local health department because that's that's how they had it and we tried going to the health department physically (laughs) um, and they're like we don't know when it's going to be yet Um, and then this week our governor had a press conference and he said actually we're lowering the 1B group to include people over 65, which now includes my mom. And actually, we're going to start giving vaccines not just out of the government center where it was a big mess <laughs> and a lot, a lot of people had to wait, but um, hospitals can start to do it and soon, um, like grocery store and pharmacy places will be able to do it. So my mom, like, tonight, because she was listening to that press conference, signed up to hopefully tomorrow have her and my dad be able to get a vaccine. But it's like, everything is, like, so individual, and it's so Wild West. Everything is, it is on the individual, and there is no system. Um, Mm. So nothing is certain. But that would be good yeah. <laughs> if um, if they can. Yeah, Massachusetts, where I live, and Rhode Island, where my parents live, are both not doing a good job with yeah. rolling it out, letting people know when they're going to be rolling out. My, my parents don't know when they're going to be able to get it. My aunt, who is starting chemotherapy tomorrow, doesn't know when she's going to be able to get it. So she's been like in and out of hospitals, and it's kind of amazing that she hasn't had it yet yeah just because of that but it'll it'll all happen eventually i'm sure it's just gonna be very confusing and stressful for a very long time yeah and i believe in numbers but i don't like numbers but different projections of like we are not vaccinating enough people per day in the united states to like the models are not good um we need to be vaccinating a lot more people um Mm -hmm. to like (laughs) be at pace to to like get everyone so you can you can get the magical, not magical, the scientific herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like <laughs> I would like a good logistician 
I need a good, like, I don't know why, maybe it was January 6th? At one day, I was feeling very stressed, so I watched Going Postal, the TV movie based off of the Terry Pratchett book, and it is, like, about a person who was sort of a criminal, but has to do a lot of things to rehabilitate the very dilapidated postal service in this fantasy world. And so there's a lot of like logistical things that they have to like make work because everything is broken. And um, I would like, I would like someone like that to um, start handling a federal (laughs) rollout of vaccines. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. If only. If only. Yeah. Also, um, my own uh, job search update, I've decided to infiltrate the post office. I feel like when we started recording uh, this podcast, I was so, like, coy about where I was working and my time at the Census Bureau. But um, I now have like a conditional job offer with um the postal service to be a mail carrier and um that's where i'm starting Hmm. (laughs) i'm holding nothing back from one federal government (laughs) institution to another uh (laughs) federal institution yeah yeah so does that mean like you had previously told me about a like teacher's assistant for virtual teachers where you were in the room is that off is that not happening yeah so that job stayed with me and made it to my mom sent out holiday letters and she said my child does have a job offer as a classroom monitor but it's not true i will i'm no longer pursuing that because okay yeah it's not the best job to be in a room no offense children but to be in a room full of children who are not good at washing their hands um and just like monitor monitoring them um with no health benefits and nobody knows when local schools are gonna be in person again so it was like yeah we can offer you this job Mm. but we don't know when or how you'll be needed and i applied for a bunch of things and the mail carrier position has a whole like hiring process that I am in the midst of. I'm very excited for it. It is the most like solid job offer I've had for a while and um it's good. <laughs> what are the conditions of this conditional job offer? The conditions are like um you have to pass a background check, you have oh. to they sent me an email and they didn't say an interview, but they said Uh, tomorrow, so January 15th, come in to the post office, you will be processed. (laughs) Um, Don't, don't go, don't go. So I have to go. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, I've seen Doctor Who episodes. So I have to go. Um, uh, Essentially, there are things I'm excited for about the position. It's not a career position. So those are like the really good, like when you imagine like, ah, yes, the postal service, you have great benefits and good job security. I do not have that. Mm-hmm. It is a like one year position and within that for 90 days they can basically let you go for any reason. But once you are past the 90 days, even in that one year temp sort of position, they have union people who are able to sort of negotiate and do things on your behalf and it does have some health benefits so it's like of all of the jobs I had been applying for there are not a lot like that Mm. (laughs) and when I like imagine jobs where I'm like I want to really mix it up one of my fantasy jobs is like okay what if I become a like 
long-haul trucker and drive across America delivering things. Well, I can't drive a truck, and future me will never be able to drive a truck. Why? <laughs> because I would be bad at it. Like, uh, like okay. I would not... I would not do it. I was going to ask if your mail carrier position involved driving a mail truck around, but I guess it doesn't. It does. Oh. But it's a different kind of quadrilateral. It's a different kind of box. Right, it's a different, I could, yeah, it's a, <laughs> And I can imagine future me driving a mail truck, but it's something I, w- I, w- I, will, I will happily fail at if I have to fail at it, but I would, I would not <laughs> be able to pursue um, other weird fantasy jobs. Um, so this is like a fun fantasy job that... It's like a proper Richard Scary job. Yeah, yeah. I want to romanticize becoming a mail carrier, and I know it's wrong to do it, but that is because I have been unemployed for a long time and having a hard time imagining, like, what will my future look like? What will the country and world future look like? To be able to imagine, like, what if my future looked like walking, doing a lot of walking for, like, Mm. six or seven hours a day and driving a mail truck? What if that, and I would get paid uh, $17.29 an hour? What if that was my future? And it's something <laughs> that gives me um, a lot of something. It gives me a lot of something to you think do about. do a lot of audiobook listening while you're doing that job. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I, I hope that works out. If it's a you know conditional based on a background check, that sounds like it's pretty much a lock at this point. Unless it's not. I don't know. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm going to at risk of like showing up the next time we record and um, having to break the news that I'm no longer in the running for a mail carrier. I'm going to say yes. It's on lock. That is very exciting. I uh, I recently launched a new season of my other podcast. Yes. It is called Doctor Who the Moment. And um, yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> I posted the first uh, episode of the season on the morning of a day that concluded, well, didn't conclude, but like that day proceeded to have an insurrection <laughs> happen during that day. And then I posted the second episode on a day in which the president was impeached. Mm-hmm. So if anything goes wrong the day I post the third episode, then know that it's my fault. If anything big happens in the news, then I cause it by posting an episode. And how many, do you know how, how many episodes are in this season of the, the moment? There are, are six of them. Mm-hmm. The first two seasons were each 13 episodes long, and that was my initial plan for season three. But um, it got to be this past summer, and I was like, if I attempt to do a 13-episode season, it's just never going to happen because yeah. I was like dragging my feet on recording and editing and and everything and it's only in the past well i i think the most recent recording i did was back in november so the the last recording i did was back in november but um it's only in like december and this month january that i've actually had like substantial progress on editing and the editing process for that show is ridiculous and if someone else were making me do it it would be a toxic workplace culture, but it's just me making me do it. So I'm just a toxic person. I'm just like a, a single toxic workplace person. I'm kind of stretched out very far, like having to having to get get all that stuff going and make it happen. But I am quite pleased with the episodes themselves and the responses that people have had to them so far. So uh, it's all good things. Yeah, it's it's been good stuff. Um, listener, you should listen to the moment if you haven't already. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a podcast about Doctor Who where each week I talk to a different person who has a lot to say about a particular moment from an episode of Doctor Who and then we just talk about it and I drop in a bunch of stuff. Like I edit it a lot. I rearrange the conversation sometimes to um, make it make more sense or so I like to think. I will drop in you know music and clips and all kinds of stuff and it's I was thinking recently about whether it would be possible for me to bring someone else on board to help me with some of the aspects of the show. And the answer to that is probably no, because just the way I make the show is it, it, it involves like a lot of a lot of work and um, ridiculous effort and taking things way too seriously. Mm-hmm. That is not necessarily merited by the audience numbers of the show. And I, I feel bad if I were ever to like put that on another person. Probably I should feel bad putting it on myself. And this is probably something I should talk to my therapist about. But <laughs> at, at this point, like right now, I'm wondering whether this might be the last season of the moment. I don't know. But um, it's certainly never going to be more than 13 episodes a year. And I don't know if it'll ever be more than six episodes a year again. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that is something you get to decide whether you <laughs> keep going at the quality or intensity or as you put it toxicity (laughs) um if you if you want to keep going at that or when when you also get to take stock and see if you want to make changes yeah i do i do like making the show it's just that um doing it alongside a full-time job is is a little bit difficult and my grad school classes are going to start up in two weeks and so that'll happen at which point i will still have two more episodes left to edit so i'm hoping to have most of the editing done for the remaining four episodes of the season soon but yeah i don't know i sound i sound very uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I have mixed feelings about about the show, and maybe that's just because like right now I'm very well, tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right this very moment, I'm very tired. That's allowed. I won't tell the moment the podcast <laughs> if you <laughs> if you won't. This can just be for the social distance warriors can stay contained. I will also be um, a scholar in two weeks. Oh yeah, that is when my course uh, starts. You're taking so you're taking one course for the for the semester. Yes, it is the final one uh, that I need to graduate. Right, 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 right. That is exciting. That is, uh, is it, are you looking forward to getting back to class? Uh, yeah, yeah. I am looking forward to that. I have nothing more to (laughs) to say on it. I feel like I have just a lot of things in motion in my life, as I guess is normal for a person, like, in their mid-twenties, but it's also just, like, a lot is happening. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, a lot is happening that could change at any moment. Like um, some of my friends from college and I are talking about possibly moving in together, which it's like everything is connected. So it's like (laughs) if I have a job, I would be able to do that. If I graduate from college, I have options. Mm. So it's like choices. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Moving during a pandemic sounds difficult to me. Yeah, well, this would, I mean... (laughs) This would be in the summer, but that doesn't mean anything because I, I don't know what the pandemic will look like um, in the summer. I think there will still be one. There's still one. <laughs> but, it may, but things may be quite different than more people will have been vaccinated. So it's very unlikely that fewer people will have been vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, they will not be reverse. God, I, I don't want to even put that energy out there. That, God. Yeah, yeah. I guess, are we getting to the, the point in the episode where we review action items? I don't, maybe we are, but I don't, I don't remember what the action items were. Well, you write I them down, don't you? Do. Don't you do that? I do write them down. Yeah. <laughs> we only had one action item, I believe, last episode, and it was 
so long ago, this was when um, the Senate and places were, like, debating um, whether to do another stimulus check. Um, God, wow. And, and it was, I'm assuming. Um, That's another big thing that happened. <laughs> it was, like, probably right after Christmas or so it was to donate to a food bank or mutual aid or charity, something, some service that the government should be covering. Yeah, I think it was the I think it was the nineteenth. Yeah, when we yeah. recorded. So, and I, you know, honestly, want to make that another action item. I feel like it might still be good to look into your local mutual aid and what do they call them, street med- medics and food mm. banks in your area. Uh, that might still be a good idea to just just know about. Yeah, I definitely did some some of that during late December, but I could stand to do more. Yeah. Yeah. It's an action item that does not end. Uh, isn't that, isn't that just life? (laughs) (laughs) Life. It's well, it does end, doesn't it? It does does end. My, my action item is okay. So this, this actually relates to like a little project that I set up, which is that I came up with a list of movies that I keep feeling like people expect me to have seen, but I haven't seen. And I decided there's, I think, 160 movies on the list. And my goal is to watch 50 of them in 2021. So far, we're halfway through January. I've watched zero of them. But I expect that to change quite soon. And my action item is that I'm telling you, both, both you, Rat, and you, the listener, to watch a movie that everyone else feels like, or that you feel like everyone else feels like you should have seen. That people are constantly like, oh my god, you've never seen The Lion King? Or whatever. I've seen The Lion King. But pick a movie where that applies to you, which will possibly be different than the ones that apply to me because of A, the list of movies that you've seen, and B, the sorts of social expectations and pressures that you feel have been brought to bear upon you, which may be different from the ones that have been brought to bear upon me. For example, I still expect you to have seen (laughs) High School Musical uh, (laughs) when we next meet, but it it may be a a foolish dream. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone except perhaps you. I don't know if you feel this way, but who feels surprised to hear that I haven't seen High School Musical. Shocked, dismayed. I am a very old man in my 30s. And uh, that movie came out when? Like 2005? 2006, yeah. 2006. So I was 18 when that came out, um, which is well within the age range of people who might have seen High School Musical, but not within the age range of people for whom it was like part of their zeitgeist. Uh, You've made your excuses. (laughs) And that's fine. (laughs) I like the term zeitgeist. Yeah. It's a good one. It means time ghost. Yeah, it feels, I don't know if it Spirit is. Spirit of the ages, but it means time ghost, yeah. literally. I don't know if it is German, but it feels German, uh, Germanic in origin. It is, um, it is, yeah. yeah. I have an action item. It is to have a prophetic dream, and you can do that however you want to do it. I believe that you can um, have a dream. And what I like to do is have really mundane dreams where I like have a dream that I'm like going to go to McDonald's and then I wake up and I'll go to McDonald's and then I have made my dream of reality. So that's that's my action item is to hmm. um, have a prophetic dream. Those are the kinds of dreams that I often have, but I recently had a dream that has like really stuck with me which is that I went to a beer garden where all the beer was nasal sprays. And I don't know if I have it within my power to actualize that, but I don't know. Maybe I could be doing more to put that idea out into the world. Yeah. Maybe I should write a letter to like some, some beer corporation like Anheuser-Busch or whatever and make it as a suggestion to them. Yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. But no, you told us to have a prophetic dream. So that means I must have an additional dream in addition to the one that I've already yes, had. Yes, I know. It's heavy as the burden of the nasal spray beer 
<laughs> innovator. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what realm this falls into, like spiritual or metaphysical or what like what this would be described as. But I do make a lot of like somewhat major life decisions based on like dreams that I have hmm. in the sense of like conversations that I'll be putting off and then I'll have a dream where it's like oh no the person found out and I didn't tell them and then that is a sign to me wow you're really stressed out <laughs> about having this conversation you should probably do it you know in that sense of things uh it can be helpful I also journal which is less like <laughs> dependent on your subconscious yeah yeah that can be more more intentional but that's not my action item. although I'm sure there's like automatic writing or whatever which is which is supposedly subconscious. I don't know much about that though. Yeah. These these are good action items, I think. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I uh maybe another time we can talk about if you've ever taken any creative writing classes, but Ooh, yeah. I have and I have had to do automatic writing and I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I have I have also had taken a couple different creative writing classes. Haven't had to do that, but like you said, we can we can put that off for <laughs> another time. That. So here's yeah. another action item, uh, which is just to, you know, think about whether or not you've taken any creative writing courses. Just muse on that for a while. <laughs> Think about whether you've had any experiences that might actually have been creative writing courses, but you didn't realize at the time that they were. Okay. I think I'm very tired and I think this needs to wrap up. That's that's fair. <laughs> okay. So um, until the next time that there's an episode, I'm going to ask you to stay distant. And I'm going to ask you to go the distance. Go the distance.